The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Podcast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. Right, everybody. Welcome to another Just a Saints Happy Hour podcast. We Ooh. are doing a special live stream on YouTube. We're going to start doing this regularly during the off season. Special YouTube only broadcast. Uh, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get the alert on your phone or your your device when you when we go live, so you can have it. And remember also to subscribe to us on twitch because we do a live stream over there too and if you are a amazon prime user you can subscribe to us on twitch uh and that's a way to support us you'll be a patreon go to patreon slash saints happy hour support us there become a patron andrew they should all do it because the off season for the saints is going to be bananas it started this week uh we're going to answer some some viewer mail uh, from patrons, we got a bunch of questions, and anybody that joins us in the stream tonight. Uh, but Andrew, I want to start with this: um, the NFL, they're firing coaches left and right. How are you feeling about the Saints' coaches staying, going, front office people, Ireland, whoever? Uh, the Texans just fired David Culley today. Uh, they're a dumpster fire organization. Uh, but how are you feeling about uh, potential Saints coaches, front office people leaving? Are you feeling like a bunch more of them are going to stay? Uh, what's your What's your thoughts there? Oh, well, my first thoughts are: I tweeted about this earlier, um, and I mean, maybe this is controversial, maybe it's not. Um, it shouldn't be, but I, I think it's uh, grossly unfair that we're basically seeing these black coaches get one shot and they get fired <laughs> after one year of a losing season. I feel like those guys get no landing strip whatsoever. None. None. And 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 it's like, it's completely unfair. And I think we have to call it out for what it is. And it's terrible. Well, it's with the, in the, in the, not that this is a Texas podcast and no one cares, but the, the Texans are incompetent. And here's the thing, like they either hired David Culley with the express purpose of you're just going to be a one-year placeholder till I can get the Patriots assistant that I want, 
And that's right. terrible because you have to pay him $20 million because he's still got $17 million left on the contract. Or he was a terrible hire, like you said in your press release. So you did that. Like either choice is horrible. Um, but thing is with these with these teams, they only have one minority coach in the NFL right now. It's Tomlin. And that's bad. That's bad for the NFL. It's a it, it's that's a bad pathetic. look. It's it's bad. It's bad all around. And like the thing is, though, these organ, the Texans, the Dolphins, like they have a long history of being horrible organizations. So I don't just, I think race plays a part of it, but it's like a horrible cocktail of like racism and incompetence, and you mix it together with a little ice, and there you have it. Um, but you're you're right. Um, but as far as the Saints go, do 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 you see any assistance? Are they gonna leave, are they gonna be leaving? You know, because how many openings did I have? Yeah, Six. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think uh, Dennis Allen goes anywhere. Honestly, um, I know Jeff Ireland is getting some looks. Um, it's possible that he could, could go somewhere, but I don't think so either. I, I really think the Saints are going to be able to hang on to both of them. And uh, you know, Nielsen, Ryan Nielsen's the one that he's the one. It's like at this point, he's an assistant he's head coach. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, he's an assistant head coach. So, would a coordinator job feel like an upgrade for him when he's assistant head coach? I don't know. I, I think for him though, he obviously wants to be a head coach. He wants to move but, up. But is obviously. he going to get that shot this year? I don't know. I mean, if a team hires him as a coordinator, I think he would go. Um, but he's he's from of all the people they that the Saints could lose and and the reason why I brought up the the coaching stuff is I was listening to a podcast and it was on the Ringer and it was Robert Mays and he was talking to Dominic Foxworth and he talked to Amy Trask the former Raiders executive and and, and you Joe almost Reed, called him uh, Foxworth and you were so close I know it was so close but they were talking Ralph about can't say anyone's name right. Why, why teams make bad hires and why they do. And one of the points they made really struck me about the Saints and our fear of these people losing. And, and one of the points that they made was these teams have this idea of magical thinking and that what do teams do when they need a general manager, Andrew? They look, at a, they look around and they look at the winning teams and they say, who was the dude that was in charge of the personnel department of that team? Oh, Jeff Ireland? He alone, he, it's magical thinking. He did the 2017 draft. He drafted Kamara. He drafted Lattimore. Like, it's all Jeff Ireland. And we're going to pick, we're going we're gonna to get him to be our general manager. And he's going to fix all our problems because he's going to draft amazing. But the point they were making was a general manager does so much more. An organization does so much more yeah. than just drafting. And you need a person that can do a bunch of things and oversee a bunch of departments. And my thing with this on the flip side for the Saints is Jeff Ireland, yes, he's really good at his job, clearly. He's done a great job for the Saints. But they have the structure in place that they've improved their drafting since he arrived. And they're not going to get rid of their prototyping, the RAS scores. They're not going to just throw that out because Jeff Ireland left. If Jeff Ireland leaves and goes to Chicago or wherever to be a GM, the Saints are going to be okay because they have a winning organization and structure in place, and they can lose one guy. Maybe they bring Brian Pace back, and he and he and they find a thing where he's good at it. He wasn't good at running everything in Chicago, but they bring him back, and he can be good. I just feel like 
we stress over the Saints losing these one person and we put magical powers into them. And the Saints are going to be okay because their organization is strong. Well, if, if anything was going to be a catastrophe, it would have been this year. When you consider all the things that we talk about on pretty much every podcast in terms of the, the chaos and the mm-hmm. adversity that this team faced. But let's not forget, they lost Aaron Glenn. Remember how, much, how big of a deal we made about That's that? Right. Ooh, There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Aaron Glenn being oh, gone, that's yeah. a big deal. Can't Dan Campbell being gone, that's a big deal. Like, how are they going to develop tight ends? How are they going to develop? Well, actually, they didn't develop tight ends. Not talking <laughs> about that. But, but how are they going to develop their secondary? How is their secondary going to remain good without Aaron, Aaron Glenn? You know, and, and, but I mean, look, I'm not taking a shot at Aaron Glenn. I think he's a great coach. But I, I, I think it's clear when you look at the things that they faced this year that they were able to withstand the season and go 9-8 and eight despite you know, a lot of things happening. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, the foundation is really solid. Yeah, that should give us confidence as fans. You know, that's a, like we should feel like this team is capable of withstanding a lot, and mm. it's not going to take much juice. A couple good draft picks, a couple good free agents, a couple things break their way, a little bit of less injuries. It's not going to take a lot for them to be back in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah. You made an interesting point about um, things we thought, and I was tweeting it yesterday. Uh, before I went to bed, and the 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 Chris Richards is is a great point. People were like, and I, even smart people like Mina Kynes and everybody was like, you know, when he was a coach of Seattle, they didn't play what the Saints played on defense. How is that going to be a fit? And it's like, yep. no, he's a good coach. He knows he can implement what the Saints want to do, and it was fine. But my point we're is, also, Andrew, we're I, also talking about Marcus Williams and Lattimore right. and and Malcolm Jenkins. A lot of guys can coach a secondary like that. Now, <laughs> credit, credit to Richard. Like, is it is, is it Richard or Richard? It's Richard, right? I think it's Richard. Yeah. 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 I mean, look at the job he did with Adebo. I mean, my yeah. goodness, you got to give him. I mean, look, that was that was a good acquisition. It was a good good, good coach to pick up. Clearly, yeah. it worked. And and my my thing yesterday that I was doing is is 
I was tweeting out my bad Saints takes from the off season and summer and training camp. And I was thinking like, what was your worst Saints take? And I think of all of mine was going into the season, going into the season. I was okay. very concerned about defensive tackle and I had even, they were mm. so good against the run this year. I forgot that they traded away Malcolm Brown, who I was like, they don't have Malcolm Brown. They don't have David Onyemata for six weeks. The run defense is going to be a problem. I hope it can be okay. I hope it can just be not bad for six weeks until Onyemata gets back. Dude, the run defense was as good as ever, and they had a bunch of no-name dudes playing defensive tackle, and it was fine. That was one of my worst off-season takes of them all. I got a couple more that are worse, but that was a strong one out the gate for me. I was wrong. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what my worst take this off-season was. I'll give you another one. I'll give you my. my I, take. I, I, I did. I did predict that Granderson would step in to Hendrickson's role, have a lot of snaps, and get like. Seven By the snaps. way, all exactly. pro Trey Hendrickson. He made the all pro team. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey, good for him. My. My tr- and people team, in the, by the people, way, now that the Saints are out, I'm rooting for the Bengals to win this. That's right, Joe Bar- Joe Burrow, Joe Tigers versus Mar Chase, Trey Hendrickson. Cincinnati's Bondell. always been my AFC team. I always liked Marvin Lewis, so like it's fun. It's it, it it's really fun for me that that Cincinnati has LSU players now because I, I like. Don't they have I just another like, ex? Don't they have another ex Saint on their defense? They have Hendrickson, Von Bell, who else? Eli Apple. Oh, Eli yeah. Apple. Yeah. yeah. It's like Saints yeah. East practically. Um, and it, it, people in the chat too. Another. This is my Chernobyl bad take of the 2021 Saints. When they signed Kenny Stills, I was like, "That's a good signing." I don't think he's washed. Oh, I think he's oh going to be okay. God. I think he's going to be a thirty. I think he's going to be a thirty to forty catch receiver. I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> I think when true. we when we signed I, I, when we signed Stills, I did say he can't be any worse than what they have. And oh. He he wasn't only worse than what they have. He's was the worst they've ever had. He was. Yep. Or, uh, I mean, we're saying that, right? This stills the season was the worst wide receiver performance in Saints history. Single season. Was. Name someone it, else worse. He it can't. was. So we got some questions from some from from some patrons uh, that are in the chat and um, just in general. So this is from uh, Biloxi Blues, Andrew. How would yeah. you compare Marcus Callaway to Ted Yin Jr.? Oh, my gosh. I mean, they're such different players. Um, I, I don't even know how I would begin to compare them. Um, Ted Ginn was a deep threat at his best. Uh, at his worst, he was a guy that was afraid to get hit. He'd go down immediately. Uh, he still commanded some respect so he could run curl routes and sometimes you know he'd get enough separation where he can make that catch. But honestly, I thought by the end, Ted Ginn was awful. I mean, just awful. Uh, the first couple seasons with the Saints, he was great. And um, he, he had great field stretching ability. I, I think Callaway is completely different. I think Callaway can run. He's big. He can catch. Um, he's got a nice catch radius. I think his routes are real sloppy. 
Uh, he doesn't command the same respect in terms of top-end speed. Uh, but I, I do think Callaway has all the things necessary to be a, a receiver in the NFL, a good one. And I think he can be better than Traquan Smith. Um, but I think Callaway's biggest problem right now is that he's just uh, he's not locked in. You know, playbook, uh, yeah. route running, just the crispness, the preciseness of his routes. Um, you know, he, he struggles sometimes looking for the ball, just doesn't have great technique. And it's just like a lot of sloppy stuff he needs to work on. The best way I can describe it. Like Ginn, Ginn was also sloppy, but the difference is Ginn uh, had an elite trait. I don't know that Callaway has an elite Ginn. trait. I would yeah. say Ca- Callaway is like good size, good speed, good hands. I would say he's good in all areas, not great in any. Ginn had like top five in the league speed. I mean, yeah. he, he really had elite field stretching. And the same. So different, but- different kind of receivers. And you can argue the Saints when they got Ginn in 2017. Like you can argue that's his best year. Like he his drop his yeah. his his career drop percentage plummeted, and he was really he was really great for the Saints. This is a question from uh, John Don Breeze has done that to a lot of receivers in his career. Breeze he just Breeze could just put the ball right in your hands and make he could turn turn anyone good. Um. EJ says, I had a lot of expectations for Ian Book and was mad we started Trevor. Ooh, that is that is nuclear Chernobyl level bad take. A um, lot of people were at, clamoring for uh, Ian Book during that period. Yeah. You, you were not alone in feeling that way. Fredo is one of the people they expected uh, Cesar Ruiz to take a huge step forward. I don't know if I expected him to take a huge step forward. I didn't expect him to take a giant step backwards. Um, I don't know. I don't know that that happened. And let's, I'll be honest. I was all aboard the Troutman train in the off season. Like I was, I I was, I will, I will credit myself for not falling into that trap. With Troutman, I was very much like, can he catch a ball before we uh, give him? I was not. I was like, he's going to be a 45 catch tight end. Yeah. I was all yeah. ab- I was all about it. Yeah, My takes were. were, but but here this is safe space but you were, here. Andrew. But you were, I feel like but I, you were I, trusting. I don't blame you for that in the sense that you were trusting the Saints. Like they they were yeah. like, yeah, we're starting Troutman, and you're like, well, he must be good. If he must be seeing something, if if they're just like rolling with him, and nope, they just see. Uh, CK says, anytime you get excited about Kevin White catching a pass, you know the receiving core is bad. <laughs> It is accurate. Um, here's a here's a thing. Uh, another question, and and, and it, it's interesting to me, Andrew, and because we're gonna get into it. We'll do it. This is from Don Checo. He says, "Would you rather Jameis on a cheap one year prove it deal, draft a playmaker with the top pick, would or would you rather Russell Wilson, but you lose all your draft capital and your cap space, and you're stuck depending on a healthy Michael Thomas." and the most current receiver room, or would you rather a fresh free agent quarterback, fresh start, and the ability to build around him? Well, who's the free agent quarterback? I don't know. He just lit. I mean, it, I guess it could be, be anybody you want. It could be, some shit. it could be Mariota. It could be Nick Foles. It could uh, be uh, Trubisky. 
It could be give me Jameis on a on a cheap deal over all that. All that. I mean that that's not even a question. Uh, when you say draft a playmaker, just just for clarity, is he talking about a quarterback or just any playmaker? No, I mean he's talking about a you know you keep Jameis on a one year deal and you draft a wide receiver, a tight oh, end, yeah, yeah. high. You know, I think I would go that. I mean, if you can get Russell Wilson in the building, I think you have to try to do it. So yeah. that, that would be my top choice. Oh, Ralph's pants just got oh. tighter. <laughs> uh, but but absent that, I would roll with uh, James again over all those other guys you mentioned. Yeah. I think it's important, like, Ralph, I think it's important to remember that reason year one was good, but, like, mm-hmm. he, wasn't bree- he wasn't breeze yet. And that's yeah. not to say that I think – even if Jameis was on the team for 10 years, he's never going to be Breeze. So I'm, I'm not making that parallel. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is there's a benefit to having a quarterback in your system for multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he iterate, each start that he has, he iterates. I, I felt like Taysom made massive strides this year. Am I ready to say that he's a great starting quarterback in the NFL? No. But I do think that Taysom benefited from starting four games last year. And I think by the end of this year in that Falcons game, he was looking the best and most comfortable I've ever seen him look at quarterback in that Falcons game. So I do think there is tremendous, like we're in sports in general, we're so quick to fire people. We just talked about this at the top of the show. We're so quick to, to cut people and give up on them and move on to the next thing. And I just think a lot of times, like it just takes time to develop someone in a system. And, you know, like with Baker Mayfield, let's say with the Browns, I don't know that keeping him is going to make sense. If you keep firing the coach and keep cycling through offensive coordinators, like then he probably will fail and maybe you should move on. But like at some point you got to have a stable system where the quarterback gets more comfortable because he gets used to it. And look, the NFL, on some level, it's always going to be changing. No, no two teams are ever the same. But I think if you can keep Carmichael there, and you can keep Sean Payton there, and you can keep the system there, Jameis and Taysom together are only going to get better. That's not a bad deal to have both of them back next year. Yeah. And the thing is, I feel like Jameis, he had gotten what Sean Payton wanted him to do of don't turn the ball over. We can win games this way. And I think he was doing it, but I think the Tampa game was really the point where he was making a lot of plays and he needed a, he needed to have me, Andrew, he needed to have a couple of big games to where he could relax and be a little bit more, just not old Jameis gunslinger Jameis, but just a little bit more aggressive and feel a little bit more relaxed. And, and, and in order to do that, I think he needed to have a couple of really good games where, like, he gets relaxed, Sean Payton gets more confidence in him, and he feels like, okay, I can make this pretty risky throw, and I can complete it, or it turns bad, and then Sean Payton would have more confidence in him, a little bit more rope. And it just it never happened because he got hurt in the Tampa game. Um, the thing is with Jameis, though, and I, I said it this morning, on the morning cocktail, which Andrew does every day usually, but I filled in for him today. You should make sure you have your YouTube settings set for that so you get the alert when Andrew goes live. Uh, I said, listen, Jameis did enough 
The Saints aren't going to be able to lowball and shaft him like they did last year, where they basically, the Saints gave him an offer, the Bears jumped in at the 11th hour, and the Saints were basically, go to Chicago, Jameis, we dare you. Go there. And he was like, nah, I'm going to stay. Like, this year with Jameis, I think he's going to get the Teddy Bridgewater offer from somebody. Years, 50 to 60 million. I really believe that offer is going to be there, whether it's from Pittsburgh, whether it's from Carolina, whoever. I think he's going to be there, Andrew. And I think it's going to be the Saints are going to have to make, I think they're going to be forced into making a, a tougher decision on Jameis than they had last year. Yeah, I'm still, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I've already stated on this show that I want Jameis back uh, if it's at a palatable deal, if it's if it's kind of a lowball mm-hmm. thing. And coming off of ACL, I think it's possible. I think it's possible that, you know, they're able to get him on, on an easy deal. But, yeah, if he gets a Teddy Bridgewater deal, he's gone. Like, the Saints can't match that, and, and I don't think that they should. Uh, I'm still unresolved about Jameis, I'll be honest. Like, statistically, he was good, but... His QBR was good, but like the yardage total was low. The completion percentage was bad. And while I was happy with the touchdown interception ratio, I think like touchdown interception ratio boosts your quarterback rating or your QBR a lot. And I just kind of think that's it's it's kind of a garbage stat in the sense that like a touchdown is just another completion. I get that it's in the it's in the red zone, and I get that like mm-hmm. it, it counts for six points. But like, you can boost a quarterback's stats pretty significantly by being down on the one yard line and throwing mm-hmm. a ball to a wide open dude and a touchdown. It boosts his QBR big time, right? Whereas like if you hand it off to Kamara and you score a one yard touchdown run, it still counts as six points, but your quarterback's rating doesn't benefit from it. So like. I don't know. I, I watched a lot of tape on Jameis, and I still like the thing that's unresolved for me with him is just, and when he misses, he misses big. I mean, there are some throws that are just wild, and you're, I mean, he misses by a freaking mile, and you're just like, oof, that was rough. <laughs> and there's a lot of that tape where you watch that, and you're just like, God, he missed that. And and there's a on the shorter stuff, um, and look, I. Look, I, I'll come out and say it. Like, I watched Brees for 15 years. I watched Joe Burrow at LSU for two years. Like, my, my uh, quarterback evaluation standards are poisoned forever. Like, I don't know that I would like anyone. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, I, I think we have to be honest about that. But, man, like, on a lot of the short throws especially, I'm always left thinking, like, if the placement was just an inch higher or inch lower, inch to the left, inch to the right. Like, I just don't like Jameis Winston's ball placement. I just don't. And um, it's the thing I keep coming back to it's when just, I watch him, man. Yeah, it is. It is, it is. And that's the question. Is Sean Payton, was he, is he frustrated with it so much that he's like, I want another quarterback? And I'll give you, I'll give you a thing of this. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Thanks, to everybody, for, for coming into the chat. We appreciate it. Uh, who who dad asked this question, Andrew? Can Cam Jordan's blood be harvested as treatment for the Rona? I say, uh, I sure hope so. Phrasing, what did I say, Fredo? What did I say wrong? Did I say something offensive, unintentionally? Um, 
Yeah, uh, Cam Jordan, not only is he immune to the Rona, it somehow makes him stronger. Yeah. So we got to figure out what his secret is. It is. And I'll say this. Also Debo, yeah. Debo, good point, EJ. Debo is uh, immune, clearly. Debo is immune, and I was thinking about this today. I think Debo is going to be really good. And Andrew, I think in a weird way, him not getting vaxxed is weirdly what because a dumbass he's a- take are you going to throw out right now? No, it it, it show he has <laughs> irrational confidence that he's like I'm not getting vaxxed and I'm going to be okay and it worked out for him which it's question that's questionable but for a corner I think that's the kind of personality you need. You need irrational confidence and you need to just be able to move on when bad things happen and like tune everything out. Uh, and he did it. And he's just got the physical skills and the the makeup to where I think he's going to be a really good corner. And oh, by the way, if the Saints, if they've hit on a Debo and he's a really good corner, they have him for three more years at basically minimum wage. No, oh, Ralph and you have just La- got tighter. <laughs> and you have Lattimore. Andrew, you have the, sus- the sustaining blocks to have, a at worst, an above-average defense. Because if you have two corners, you have two corners plus CD dudes that cover – you can do all kinds of exotic stuff oh, yeah. in the front end to create pressure. So you're going to be good. You have those three guys. You're going to be set in the secondary. Um, I mean, three three corners like that is tough to beat. Fredo you know? says Cam Jordan blood transfusion might make you the best yet. Like Andrew's analytics would get better, and Ralph's audio would be amazing, and he'd say every name better. Maybe I like that. I don't know. I f- I feel like my video. G- keeps glitching out so uh maybe it's uh that may become the new joke of the podcast is that my video <sighs> sucked all right uh final question uh and then we'll get out of here because the, these uh these youtube ones that we're gonna do we're only gonna do them for about 35 40 minutes uh one night a week probably balky ask with a mash unit for a team four different starting quarterbacks one game with no coaching staff due to covid and another game with no offense due to covid five kickers. how much can the rams and 49ers go f themselves <laughs> this weekend uh if the cardinals beat the rams by 200 points it won't be enough I am Here's, I am the biggest Cardinals fan in the history of the world this weekend. I'm telling y'all, I, I, and and listen, I, you know I'm be proven wrong a lot, and I, but I believe these two things about the NFC playoffs. the The Rams' offense, something is wrong with it. It only had 260 yards of offense against the 49ers. The offense, the 49ers had no secondary people. They all had the Rona, or they're injured, and their secondary is terrible. Like. And for Matthew Stafford to only throw for 260 yards is horrible, right? My other NFC take is I believe that you can push and shove and bully the Packers defense around. Now, I don't know if somebody in the NFC can do it because a lot of this seems like the Rams can't run the ball. San Francisco, maybe, uh, but they have Jimmy G. Like, And the Saints did it the opening week. Uh but I don't know if anybody can do it, but that's what you can do to 
to to the Green Bay. So those are my NFC takes. I want the Rams. I don't want them to lose bad. I want them to lose. I want them to get shafted. I want a horrible, horrible call to befall them. Because here's the thing, Andrew. Their offensive line is getting old, and they have no draft picks. And listen, we know they can manipulate their salary cap if they're willing to do it. The Saints do it all the time. You just cut bonus checks and you prime. But when you are the Rams and you have no first-round pick the next two years, that's a problem because that means if you have a bunch of holes that you have to fill, you can't fill every hole in free agency, no matter how much Loomis math, and it's amazing that he does. The Saints, this offseason, they aren't going to be able to fix every problem in free agency. you got to use the draft and free agency, and when you don't have any first-round picks, you can't use the draft. So I want the Rams to suffer and fail about getting to the Super Bowl in their new stadium, and then I want them to have a rapid, rapid decline because they have no picks. That's did my you see, dream. Did you see that uh, they had to go silent count in their own stadium against the yeah, 49ers? Yeah, they had to go silent count in their own stadium, yeah. and they brought back – who was the safety they signed this week out of retirement? Oh, Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle, yeah. They brought back Eric Weddle out of retirement. Um, sure the only good I'm thing sure for them is great. Arizona's Arizona's been a mess too, and Arizona's plan of signing a bunch of old dudes – it worked till about Halloween, and then they all got injured, and now yep. they're in the they're in the toilet. So uh, Arizona might be a might might end up being a good matchup. Uh, Never know. Everybody starts zero and zero in the playoffs. Somebody no. says Ruiz for Cup. No, I don't it think that's no. I don't think that's happening. Uh, but the guys, thanks for thanks for joining us on YouTube. We're gonna try to do this. Uh, regularly we have been up to about twenty people watching. And these these shows are going to be shorter. Um, we, we I'm appreciate just, you I'm guys. Just glad I'm getting my podcast in this week because uh, Sunday we're supposed to have Sunday night I think thirteen inches of snow coming. So oh yeah, might be might be going for round two of Snowmageddon. Uh, in this <laughs> we week. might be might PK, be round two. I know of- CK is preparing our our uh, our Seville listener CK. I know he's preparing for this as well. We might have to have, hopefully Dave and Kevin can join me. Maybe we have to have, we have to break the glass and get Scott Prather in as a fill-in if if, uh, all hell breaks loose. But stay, 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 stay safe in Charlottesville. Ralph Uh, can't say anyone's name right. (laughs) Got nasty, Andrew. That weather in Charlottesville, it's it's horrible. Uh, It's weird. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on this January. It's it's been unprecedented. We y'all are having snow, and Houston is having the warmest winter. They literally broke the temperature hottest days in December. They broke it three different times this December. Andrew, you sure you're not in Russia right now? <laughs> no. Are you sure? I'm not. Fuck you, Andre George. <laughs> so, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for Thomas for getting up another night during the week in the middle of the night in Poland, producing the show, getting back on YouTube. It's amazing. Thanks for joining us. And if you listen to the show and you're not a patron, sign up, support the show. You can sign up for the show as low as 23 cents a day. That's more than Saints paid Kenny Stills. Or le- I don't know. I botched the joke again, Andrew. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. The joke is that's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills this year. 
That's, that's what right. He, that's what he's worth to the Saints organization. That's right. 23 cents a day. Yeah, 23 cents show. a day. That's all it costs yeah. you to get to support this show every day uh, during the go. month. So do it. So for Andrew, for Thomas back in Poland, doing an awesome job. I'm Ralph. We will see you again on the live stream on Twitch Monday night. Good at. <laughs>